Kane is in the building. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the All Pro Dads Podcast. I'm Damien. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Dame underscore APD. I'm here with my co-host, Tony Villalobos. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at TV3 underscore APD and on Twitter at TV3 underscore 1123. Hello, brother how you doing not bad yeah yeah how about you that's work been working a lot yeah yeah seems like it oh yeah was it today's friday you work friday i did work friday you're not supposed to huh no but i mean when you're understaffed what can you do yeah everybody in the world right now shit right. not a bad week for denver sports huh could be right? better. Could, could be, be better. better. Yeah. Could have been better. Yeah, but it could have been worse, you know? Yeah, that's true. So, not really going to complain. You want to kick it off? Yeah. We had a <laughs> completely opposite of we, what we thought. We were a little wrong, weren't we? No, they still lost. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, a loss is a loss, but yeah. definitely they, they, they competed, I guess. I mean... Pretty sure listeners by now can tell that we're talking about the Broncos. So yeah, the Broncos twenty eight twenty four. You literally texted me during the game and was like, "Does this save Vic Fangio's job?" Like, man, and people can call me crazy for that, but no, you're not the only one who was thinking it. Though. No, I didn't think so, but it's a pretty hot take. So I mean, I think that was definitely his best uh, game plan. And offensively, I mean, they're moving the ball, scoring points. Well, Drew Locke was scoring points. Well, yeah, with his <laughs> legs, I guess. <laughs> I mean, bastard ran in, too. Yeah. It was a weird game. I think I even texted you after and was like, do you think it was a... Or we were talking on Monday, and I was like, do you think it was a trap game for I, no, Kansas City? I think City? you were actually telling me that during the game when I was texting you. Was it? Yeah. I just... Because going into half, we were up, and I was like, "Does I, that's when I texted you and said, does this save Vic's job? Or it yeah. might have been more towards the third quarter. I can't remember, but... Yeah, but I think I think Kansas City kind of overlooked that game. And yeah. I think, because we, where we got it wrong was they needed a win plus a Tennessee loss. Yeah, we gave out the wrong info last week, and I didn't yeah. catch it until, obviously, it was the episode was out and everything. And I was yeah, like, that's when I oh. noticed, too. Yeah. So. so we apologize for that. But with Tennessee... I think you, they knew, like, Tennessee, there's no way they lose to Houston. Because they, I mean, they were at home, right? Tennessee? Yeah. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I mean, I mean Jacksonville but Indy, so. I mean, Indy hadn't won in Jacksonville, Jacksonville in, like, like, 20 years or something. Or, no, it was, like, four or five. Like it was recent. Oh, yeah, I thought, so originally when I heard that, I thought they said 2004. Yeah. And I think it was 2014. Yeah, that was a really good team. Yeah, for Jacksonville, right? Too, which is surprising. Yeah, that's kind of a weird stat. They didn't even Indy played Jacksonville in London. I was watching the the broadcast. Mm-hmm. They said they didn't even win in London. No, yeah, that was an upset. Yeah, actually, I uh-huh. remember watching that. Wish it was like technically Jacksonville was the home team. So, that's like weird. in that game, that is weird. Yeah, I don't know if I don't like the NFL doing the whole London thing. It just throws everything off. Mm-hmm. I always forget there's a game in London, too, because I'll wake up at, like, you know, 9 o'clock, and they're already playing. You know, yeah. 10 o'clock, the and the game's already over. Yeah, and you're like, whoa. Because it starts at, like, 7 or 7.30, I think. Yeah. But anyway, back to the Broncos. 28-24, Casey ended up coming back and winning. What happened? To the win? To our lead. To, I mean, <laughs> was Casey's offense. They finally were like, I guess we got to move the ball. Yeah. score and then like i predicted a defensive touchdown i mean yeah your prop bet of the week hit yeah, hit. yeah plus 470 boy. oh um, by the way we need to have a disclosure on the show too for no betting. yeah for betting we are not gambling professionals we condone gambling 
and you gamble at your own risk. But like I said, we are not gambling professionals on this show. Whatever takes we give and bets that we put out, you gamble at your own risk. So yeah, I just... <laughs> no, <laughs> I it's had good to... Ha- I had to I mean, we got to cover ourselves, so it makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, oh, we got to put that in. And then maybe after a couple episodes, we'll throw in a <laughs> the hotline if you're... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you're a gambling digit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, defensive touchdown. That The whole game was just kind of odd. It was weird. And then where it didn't get odd and it got back to Bronco football was Melvin and Gordon fumbling on like the seven yard. Yeah. Line. Did you go and rewatch it? Like I, yeah, that suggested, I didn't think the hit was very big. You compared it to the Jadavion Clowney hit in and college. I, and yeah. I didn't think it was that big. Well, it was the same because Melvin Ingram literally got, didn't get touched. No, it was a free rush. Right. And I think where Melvin was, is he didn't fully have the ball secured, well, which Melvin Gordon, right? Yeah. Melvin okay. Gordon didn't fully have the ball secured. And by the time, like you see him try to jump out the way and like spin himself yeah, to get out he, the way. And I don't think he had, there was no chance of him getting away I think from the if, hit at all. I think if he tried that spin, like literally a full second before, yeah. he probably could have got away with it. And at that point, I don't point, think he would have scored, scored, got the ball. I don't think he had the ball in his hands a full second before. No. Like you yeah. said, Melvin Ingram. So I, I think, you know, it comes down to coaching though. Cause Albert O clearly didn't know who he was supposed to block. Right. You know, he just, he blocked to the right. Everybody else blocked down. And the guy that he was supposed to block just ran right through. Yeah. What I don't understand is, I mean, it wasn't the greatest game for Drew. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And whether whether it was Drew or Teddy, like, I'm over having that conversation. Whoever it was, I don't understand why Shermer couldn't call every single game this year like that. I mean, oh, no, exactly. it wasn't, it wasn't boring. It was, I mean, we had the Cortland Sutton trick play, right? Was that that game? Yeah. Cause he threw yeah. the pass. Okay. You texted me and you're like, Whoa, Cortland just, yeah. Okay. Okay. I couldn't remember if it was that or the game before, but I mean, it was a fun game to watch. And I understand there's stuff that you can't do with Teddy that you can with Drew the whole debate. Like I said, I don't even want to get into that, but it's like, come on. Like, like we said last week, anybody can sit in the booth and call plays off a play sheet, but Compared to what you said last week, I mean, he yeah, was calling call an plays. Yeah. yeah, he was calling plays to set up plays to set up plays to set up plays. So it's like clearly watching it for me. It and you saw it on TV, so it's way different for me because I went, you know, and it's a whole different, literally perspective. So I think it just showed it was a coaching staff coaching for their jobs. Well, why I think that's why it was so here, clean. Then? I mean, why I think are you, why do you think you're sitting so cold and your seats actually? I think it was because what up. they were doing, they were right in the mix the whole time. I mean, they're mathematically speaking they weren't eliminated from the playoffs until what maybe two weeks ago yeah and the whole keep the ball away from the opponent as long as yeah it it was and then the second half you know rely on the defense yeah yeah i think it was in their eyes they're like oh it's working right clearly they had the game against you know dallas that gave everybody hope again yeah i mean you look at both of those games you look at kc and you look at dallas and it's like I understand it's the NFL and you're going up against pro athletes, but it's like, holy shit, man. You know, why can't you do it every game? Yeah. I understand players aren't going to execute and everybody has off days and stuff, but I mean, as a coach, you shouldn't. So, what the fuck? (laughs) In a way, I think it's just, you know, it worked out. You know, it came full circle with the loss. It did. And it came full circle with the firing of all of them. Yeah. So. Yeah. Wake up, which surprised us. It woke up Sunday, you know? Yeah, off the rip. At 8.30 in the morning, they had announced parted ways with Vic Fangio. And I think I had last week said Monday, probably yeah. Tuesday is well, when I thought it was going to happen. And what you see at a teams, you know, the rest of the league didn't, while well, everybody else played Sunday. Right. But you didn't see them announce until, you know, Monday, I think it was like nine or yeah, it was, it, it it was, was around day, like nine really. o'clock all day. And, and then, then Joe Judge didn't get Joe Judge until, until Tuesday. Next, and then yeah. David Coley and yesterday in Houston. Right. So a lot of people are upset about that firing too. Yeah, because they started to turn it around here at the end. But yeah, they didn't get a full chance. I think the most shocking one was was Miami though, and Brian Flores. Yeah, they had a seven game win streak. He he finally got a grasp of what it's like to. Oh yeah, adapt he, to who that he's team got on was his really. Roster. Yeah, starting to turn it around. Tua I heard him, I was heard playing some, a little better. Yeah, I heard some Denver media though saying that there was kind of rumors floating around like. Flores not wanting Tua and wanting Watson and the fact that he even put that idea out there is kind of why. What I think is crazy, though, is the owner came out and said the same thing, though. 
that they were going to go all in for Watson. Yeah, and I don't I don't know how as an owner you can say that when you have a potential franchise guy on your roster that you, you know, drafted that you yeah exactly if that's the guy that you want to go with I mean you can't that's pretty unethical if you ask me so no yeah so yeah but it's gonna set up for for a big off season and I'm excited I I do think that was Melvin Gordon's best game I'm looking at the stat sheet which is why I say that he had 110 yards on 12 carries and a touchdown I mean he had the fumble which most likely costed us the game but and the touchdown was I think his longest rush of the year right besides the was it Jacksonville or not Jacksonville. Jets? The, it was either the Jets or the Giants. It was one of those first three games of the season where he yeah. had a yeah, he had broke his longest rush of the, rushing touchdown of the year. Yeah. Well, that was just a quick little recap on the Broncos. Nothing really sticks out because, I mean... It was like everybody expected. Yeah, and we're not... No, no, it wasn't. Well, <laughs> I mean, not like that, but the loss. The weekend as a yeah. whole. The loss, the firing of the coaches. And we're already a, a handful of minutes into this, and we're not going to sit here and... Yeah, what, we're what moving forward now. Over? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So let's jump into the to the teams here in Colorado. We'll start off with the Nuggets. They're sitting at twenty one and nineteen, six in the West, which is I believe the same spot that they were last week is yeah. six in the West. Six in the West. You're right in the middle of it. All star break's gonna come up, get you guys some a little bit of rest and, and kinda just go from there. Yeah. But I do have to say that your prediction last week for them was nails. Yeah. Yeah. I kinda saw it coming. Um, uh, oh, okay. Sorry, bro. <laughs> you know the uh, looks the like they uh, looks like they took away the thunder from OKC, huh? Yeah, they were the lightning in the yeah. storm. Really, just dad. Punch. I would say the sunshine coming in, but oh, oh, <laughs> pushing <Ooh. laughs> pushing okay. those clouds out the way, you know? Okay, a little, little, like we said, get used to the dad puns. But then you come the Clippers game, and you saw it in the OKC. If let's go back to that, where they've got up on OKC. I want to say by. It was another game where they had a big lead going into halftime. And then that third quarter. Which whew, has been their killer all year. Yeah. It got it got a little a little tight over there. And then right. you only win, what did you say, 90, was it? 99 90? to 94. Yeah. So you win by five. And you had a, at least a 15, 20-point lead at one point. And you, but, you, I mean, you could say, you know, OKC is, like you said last week, a young team. And you kind of don't know what you're going to get. Well, and then OKC, but. the other day they beat the Lakers, I think it was. Uh-huh. And it was uh Yeah, they got some problems over there in, in Los LA. Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. They're But so and then you go to the Clippers, right? And You have Michael Malone oh, returning. Michael first Malone's first game back. Right. Off of COVID. Yeah, off the COVID list and whew, they jump out to a hot they're scorching. Up twenty five at one point. Up twenty five, going into halftime, you're up. I don't think it was twenty five, but they were up by quite a bit still. No, it was it was twenty five. Was it twenty five oh, at oh, half? At half time. At half time. No, no, no. I don't know what no, the no, lead no. was at half, no. but I know they were up by quite a bit. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I stopped watching in the third quarter because I could see the way the game was going. Right. You know, the Nuggets were they couldn't hit a shot. And instead of trying to force the ball into Jokic, you had a lot of guys sitting around the three point line just throwing shots up. Once again in the third quarter. Yeah. And do you know what they shot from three that game? Oh, yeah. It was horrendous. 12.1%. Yep. Yeah, um, it was 12.1%, which is absolutely terrible. And they shot 40% from the field total, which isn't... I mean, you take away those threes, and what are they shooting from the field? You know? Right, exactly. So, yeah, that's just horrible. And you had a team in LA where I think they said in the second half, Scott Hastings, when I was listening to them on Altitude, said... The whoa, Clippers whoa, whoa. Don't, don't go don't go plugging a big radio. It, it's Scott, Come on, though. man. It's Scott. No, I know. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. They shot the Clippers shot nine of eighteen from the field from behind the arc, not from the field, but from behind the arc in the second half. Yeah, that's gonna win you games. Opposed to the Nuggets, twenty five. Yeah, opposed to the Nuggets shooting, and I think what it was is they get they get in the habit of trying to pad their stats when they're up by a lot of points instead of just play basketball. You know? Yeah, and do you think you can kind of debate that with Aaron Gordon's performance? Because oh, he had a nice game. No, yeah, he had 30. 30? He was 11 from 16 from the field, and he had 7 of 7 on free throws. I think that was the most shocking thing about the whole loss, is you had a guy actually step up. That wasn't Jokic. Yeah, and yeah, I, I, don't, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't explain it. But you see it in the NBA quite a bit where teams blow leads. Yeah, not, for sure. Not as often as the Nuggets are. Like, their, what, third, their third quarters are... Pretty pretty bad. 
let's hit the Portland game, and then I actually want to come back to that Clippers game. The Clippers game? You're not going to like Deep what I dive to into say. it? Yeah. No, yeah. You, I mean, you might agree. I probably... I doubt it. Probably expect it. So, Portland. It's your nuggets. I mean, was, you lose, you win, you lose, and then you win. Yeah. And it's, I actually predicted the loss to come from Portland, and they said, you better watch your mouth, because... We're going to route these fools. Yeah. 140 to 108. Well, and then looking at it, Portland is a lot more injured than the Nuggets right now that I that I noticed anyways. Yeah. They, they're going through it over there. CJ's still out with that collapsed lung, and, you know, hopefully that guy gets healthy. He's mm-hmm. a great ball player to watch. But, yeah, Portland's not Portland. No, not right now. The last few, so. Yeah. But the Nuggets, that's another game where Jokic didn't even play in the fourth quarter, and your team put up 140 and – Will Barton, you know, he missed the Clippers game with COVID, which yeah. was a false positive. Which was good. And then comes back against Portland and is your leading scorer with 21. Yeah, huge. Another guy who's not Joker. So I, I think you're seeing... Granted, Joker didn't It's play good, though. Fourth, but it's good, I mean, though, because he's getting his rest. And you're seeing, like we said, other guys finally step up. So I'm looking at the stat sheet here, and I want to say this is probably the first game. No, I shouldn't say that. This is probably the first game where Jokic hasn't led a stat category. Yeah. Category. Barton with 21 leads points. Zeke Naji with 9 leads mm-hmm. rebounds and Faku with 12 assists leads assists. And he had a he had a nice night too. Little mm-hmm. double-double. No, yeah. Four steals, 18 eight, points, 12 assists, yeah. Mm-hmm. It and we kind of talked about it last week of how he really there wasn't a game where you didn't hear his name involved, and I think for this week it was kind of the same case, you know? No, yeah, he's always there. He's definitely a guy that stepped up in a role where... His shoes coming, are huge. Coming fit. into a year, we thought Austin Rivers was going to be this guy. You know, we expected Faku just to be this, you know, the gnat that everybody calls him. You know, the annoying, right. annoying, annoying fly that just won't leave you alone. Right. And he's really showing, like, I can play with these guys in the NBA. I'm not just some... European basketball player. Yeah, and he wants to, you know, make a case. So, And like I said, those shoes of Jamal are absolutely huge to fill. So the fact that he's having these games in these times, is it's big. Especially right before All-Star break, you know. Mm-hmm. You at least want, I know it's a long break, but you want to at least go in there with a little bit of momentum. So, And then speaking of Austin Rivers, against OKC. He had 22, a game? Yeah, he had 22 and then five boards and only one assist, but... That was his best game. And he shot lights out from 3.66%. So, that's huge. Oh, yeah. But everybody's, like we said, everybody's starting to step up like needed. And they just figure out the third quarter, honestly. Yeah, and that's that's your been Achilles heel. That's that's your been? Jeez, I can't talk <laughs> about that, I guess. <laughs> that's been your Achilles heel this entire season. So, figure it out. But, like I said, I want to go back to the uh, Clippers game. And... How do I say this nicely? Because the Nuggets are a good team, but good teams don't blow 25-point leads, whether your first star is out or not, because this hasn't been the first big lead that they've blown all year. And that's my issue with this team. Especially with Malone coming back that game, you know, he would probably want to go make a statement and make it. I mean, he went, it. It was they a, were up, yeah. And it was a close game, you know what I mean? You can't. But it, it shouldn't have been. No, and like I said, good teams don't blow 25-point leads. So if you want to bounce off that, you can. If you want to agree, you can. If you I mean, I, I, I agree with you there, the lead thing. And I think where it should have got nipped in the butt was the how poor they were shooting from the three. And I think that's the biggest factor. Adjust your game plan to it, not shoot And I don't even yard. think the game plan is to shoot threes. I think it's to play through Jokic. And... All the Clippers did was double team Jokic, and there wasn't really. There's a lot of standing around that game, and I think that's where you see the Nuggets going into Portland. Is they showed where they are as a team necessarily, because they scored 140 and Jokic didn't play the the fourth quarter. Yeah, and I guess you can't even say they scored 140 against a team who's missing one of their big guys because we're missing Jamal. So and MPJ and so. I think the Nuggets believe they're a better three-point shooting team than what they are. Yeah. And that's a maybe a reality check they need to have is we're not Golden State. Yeah, you know, we're, we're not knockdown guys every night. 
Yeah. We have our nights where we shoot great from oh, yeah. the arc. But if you don't have it, you know, what's the difference of dribbling in, you know, four or five feet and which taking game, a mid-range shot, you know? Yeah, like what you say last week was, which game was it when they had 70 points in the paint? Do you remember off the top of your head? <sighs> Not off the top of my head, but... But, I mean, whoever, I mean, it doesn't matter who it was against, but... But 70 points in the paint, it shows you right there, like, that, sh- that should be your formula. You know, right. play Jokic in the middle... And then when you start building that confidence, you're hitting mid-range, you're making layups, you're seeing the ball go in the hoop. And you expand it out. Yeah. And that's a big thing that people don't understand for any basketball player. I mean, you make a layup, and that can open up your entire well, even, range. You even know, a you, free throw You just literally yeah. have to see the ball go in the net. Yeah. And build I mean, that confidence a little bit. The basketball I played in middle school and stuff wasn't the most competitive, but I mean, you know, you, yeah. st- you still, like you said. You, you just got to see the ball go in. Any any hooper will tell you, it. or any anybody that touches a basketball, once you see the ball go in, you think you can make it from anywhere on the court. Right. Okay. I just wanted to kind of touch on that because, like I said, no, it's definitely. Something. And I don't want to be overcritical. I know there's a lot going on with this team, you know, but like I said, it's just good teams don't blow twenty five point leads, and but it, it is a good Clippers team too. So, and yeah, it was they, a close game. They have young they, guys stepping up for sure. Yeah, and they kept it close. So I mean. I guess I can, you know, cut him a little bit of slack, but down in crunch time, I mean, if this would have happened a week before playoffs and we were competing for seeding, then I'd be really pissed, but no, I, mean, yeah. I get it, so. Well, and like you said, it's something that's been happening all year, and it's the worst part of the team. I mean, you can't go into a third quarter when you're up and then basically fall apart. Who would you blame it on? I would just say the team as a whole. I mean, like I said, the shooting is the biggest thing. The shooting from three was the biggest thing. See, that's where I think we would kind of disagree is I would put it on Malone. As a head coach, you should see your team is struggling and from wherever. And, and, you know, make some sort of adjustment. No, yeah. Call a fucking timeout, you know. Yeah. Give your guys a rest. Give them a break, you know. Hey, guys, we're all right. We're going to switch this up a little bit. Let's let's start running X, Y, and Z out of the playbook instead of ABC. Yeah. So that's just me. But And like I said last week, I'm no pro athlete. Dad bod slap. <laughs> I'm no pro athlete, but I mean, we're here. We're doing this to be critical, and we're here. That's why we're here. That's why we're doing this. So, no, yeah. that's just my opinion. Moving on about the Mavs. What a game! Which one? The Toronto one. Okay. Maybe and we weren't talking about Nashville. Or I mean, I mean, Nashville. Nashville. Sorry. Or even Seattle. I mean, it's not what we expected for the Seattle game. That's for sure. Right. So. Toronto, you win it 5-4 in overtime. Mm-hmm. It's a nice little two-point game. Seattle, you win 4-3 in regulation. And then Nashville, you lose an overtime 5-4 to probably... Did you see what happened or no? Yes. With the overtime penalty? Yeah. Probably one of the most horrendous NHL penalties I've ever seen called. Not even against just the Avs, period. I no, mean, yeah. There is a lot of people that were not upset. even yeah. in the NH or, uh, not the NHL, not even in the Avs community. Just NHL period. That's yeah. That are pissed. Basically, what happened to cut it short? Overtime is three on three hockey in the NHL for the regular season, and cool. the guys were going in for a line change. Both teams were. Nash Vay actually had four guys on the ice. The Avs only had three with one coming on. I mean, literally hopping over the bench. Mm-hmm. And the ref had already had his hand up before the change was even completed for the penalty. And they called us with too many men mm-hmm. when it was actually the Predators who had too many men. And it was, I don't like to blame the refs, but, you know, it's, Nashville Nashville could have still won that game. Yeah. But but when you're down a man in OT, it's... It's a horrendous call. So And it's not a call that you see made all the time either. That's the... Crazy right, thing about it, right? Is, well, <laughs> the funny part is the Avs actually had just got called for one yeah. in the third mm-hmm. minutes before. So, but I mean, still, yeah, it's one of those kind of just weird one of those, ones, you know. It's one of those penalties that teams in the NHL team to avoid a lot because they're professionals and they know what the fuck's going on. Well, and then so. it's such a a weird place, just because you got so many moving parts. So I think it's it's hard for you to sit there and watch, you know, so much going on at one time. Right. When these guys are switching on and off the ice. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but, I mean, when players are coming off in the NHL, they will throw their hand up so mm-hmm. the ref sees, and that penalty is avoided. And no, yeah. I don't remember who was coming off and who was coming on, but the guy coming off did actually raise his hand. So, I mean, and it was just, yeah, it was 
it was horrible. And then we're getting ready to start against the Coyotes here in about five minutes. So mm-hmm. two and one, but you pick up two points in Toronto. Obviously, the one against Seattle and the one against the Preds. Mm-hmm. So you're still fourth in the West, or no, you're now fourth in the West, and you're sitting at twenty-two, eight, and three. Hopefully, after this show is done, or you know, whenever. Not hopefully. Twenty-three, eight, and three. So yeah, you're going up against a bad Coyotes team, like we said last week. So it should be. It should yeah. be a definite. And, and I know Kemp- nothing's definite, but yeah. And Kemper's actually not. He's not starting tonight. Franco is, which I think it should be. I think so too. He, you, uh, I've noticed in the NHL after really watching it very heavily and taking deep dives into it the last couple of years, you ride the hot goalie, you know. And it's, it's just something where, you know, as we say for the Nuggets, they need to hold the lead, you know, figure yeah. out not how not to lose it. The Avs need to figure out how to start hot. And I was actually just gonna admit, you know, hey, I critique the Nuggets pretty good just now yeah. with that Clippers game and I was yeah I'm not happy with how the abs have started periods off or I mean games not periods games it's so like like I said good basketball teams don't blow 25 point leads well good hockey teams don't need to set or come close to setting NHL records for comeback wins in a row so oh, yeah which they what that whole win streak they had they were losing at least once in every game right since the COVID break the Avs have it was five been games. down in every game. Even the Winnipeg game that oh, we yeah. won 7-1. to one. Winnipeg scored first, so mm-hmm. it's technically a comeback win. Yeah, every game that the Avs have been in since the COVID break has technically been a comeback win where we're down at some point. And let's start off with Toronto. They were up 3 nothing in the first. Which, which was crazy, which I'll explain this one to you. I was literally, because, you know, altitude is... Not on TV. It's hard to find on TV. Right. You know, Avs games. Because they're blacked out. So I was keeping up with it on my phone. I set my phone down. I pick it up and we're down 1-0. And I'm like, oh, okay. And and then I set my phone down and then I yeah. pick it up. <laughs> well, it's 2-0. And I'm like, whoa. Okay. Okay. Oh, it's 2-0. We're all right. 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 Yeah. Then you pick, put it down and pick it up again and it's 3-0. And you're like. And that's when I texted you right after the Bronco game. Yeah. And I was like, uh. Or I think, did you text me? I texted you and was like, and you were have like, you looked at the Avs? Yeah. And I was like, I just looked. So, it was actually kind of funny, though. So, we're sitting all at the cars where the tailgate is, and yeah. I'm with uncles. And I told them, I was like, hey, abs are down 3-0 in the first period. And Uncle Derek and Uncle Larry look at me, and they go, it's only the first period. <laughs> <laughs> and we ended up coming back and winning. So, and Kemper ended up getting pulled. Which I think was better off in the long run. Well, and then it just shows the coach that they have to pull your goalie in the first. And he's like, look, this is a game we need. To have it's pretty fucking ballsy. Yeah, and to yeah, pull. Him. I agree, but it was it was much needed for sure. Yeah, and then Nate the Great scored with three minutes left in the first, and on the broadcast, Mosier after he scored was like that was a much needed goal at the right time for the Abs. So let's roll. And then Toronto makes it four one in the second. So, and another big night for Austin Matthews who killed us last time. Yeah, he yeah, played a hat trick. Eight to three loss. last time. Yeah, yeah. So, and then. Abs make it 4-3 in the third with 10 left. And then JT Comfer scores the game-tying goal. Did you see that assist for Miko? He was facing the boards, and JT was crashing no. towards them. And he went between his yep, yeah, between yeah. The legs. Yeah. yeah, it was gross. So just big plays from big guys. And then Devontae's game winner in OT. Looks like Gabe had a goal. Kale had a goal. Miko with three assists. Mm-hmm. And then Nate had the goal. Not sure how many assists he had in front of me. But good game. And then we go moved on to Seattle. Landis Gog gets put on the COVID list. And that mm-hmm. was Which kind is of the pretty breaking, big. Yeah, that was the breaking news that morning. And last week on the injury report, we forgot to mention that Vana Chushkin and Jack Johnson were out. Mm-hmm. They made their returns against Seattle. And Burakovsky was brought up to Landy's position on the top line which I think is a good guy who can fill his shoes. He doesn't bring the the captain and the veteran mentality as much. He's a veteran and he's a, you know, a great player. I think he brings more of the elusiveness and the offensive threat versus Landy. Yeah. So, and they came out skating quick. I mean, those boys were ready, you know. Yeah. Legs were fresh for sure and 
and it was go time. Obey Kubel scored one with 13 left in the first, and then the Kraken scored a power play goal with 11 left, and that power play from the Avs was fucking horrendous. The penalty, or not power play, so excuse me, penalty kill. It was fucking terrible. When looking on the year, the Avs penalty kill is pretty horrible in general. It's, it's, it's not it's horrible, their, but, but it's, it's not their great. like it's, it's their downfall for sure. Yeah, it's their very middle of the pack. Yeah, and, you know, they are killing off seventy six percent of penalties, which you're killing off one and four. But I mean, you have a sloppy game and you get a handful in a game. Mm-hmm. Statistically, you're going to give one or two up. So I noticed that our power play that game actually. Seattle defended everything so well after the first period mm-hmm. was over. I mean, the Avs are known for tremendous passing, you know, one of their attributes. Yeah. And in that first period, the passing from the Avs was it was great. It looks it was crisp, it was quick and it was it was there. And I mean, the Avs won 4-3, and I promise you, they had to work for all four because the defense that the Kraken gave up or, you know, put on the abs it i have to, i would give it an a it was mm-hmm. tremendous defense so i mean big win and then and i i would have to build on that i think seattle surprised us yeah with how hard bit. they came out and played in yeah for sure here in you know ball arena it really surprised everybody and because Grubauer looked great yeah which was his homecoming and you know kind of left on bad terms so not a lot of people are happy with him but he hasn't lost a beat and he looked fucking great. And that could at least against the Avs because his they showed his stats on the broadcast and it, they weren't very good. But at least against us, of and course, that could have been something too that we underestimated. Maybe it was the fact that he is their goalie and he's just right. he's used to playing here. Right. So. Yeah. Um, I saw a stat on the broadcast that Devontae's and Kale McCarr, <clears throat> excuse me, they've combined for fifty-seven points. Which is huge from your defenseman, and it kind of just builds yeah. on what we said last week. Mm-hmm. You know, we got big defensive guys who are scoring pucks. Another big thing that I saw was the forecheck in the second in the defensive zone, kind of like the Avs or the Nuggets third quarter. Yeah. The forecheck in the defensive zone has been the Achilles heel for the Avs all year. So we got to clean that up a little bit. And then Taze ended up scoring in the third with eight left. And that was kind of a controversial goal. Some people said he kicked it in. Some people said he was kind of stopping and it hit his skate and went mm-hmm. in. They ended up counting it, and typically when it's when it's a kick in, they they call it back. Yeah. So, good goal, and then number ninety one Nas with the game winner. So, can't really ask much more. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a good game. And then as far as Nashville goes, I think we you even called me or texted me. You said we gave we gave Nashville. A lot of shit and not enough credit for the hockey team that they are. Yeah, because they are sitting first in the West, which we didn't. I don't know if we realized it or no. They were they weren't first in the West. No, they are. Oh, they are first in the West. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that, that was, was about, that was the game four I thought, first. I thought it was divisional. Sorry. Yeah. No, I did too at first. I had to go back and look, and it was like, well, yeah. they're actually number in one team West. in the West, which yeah. is. But it's also. I mean, how good are they really? Yeah, you know. So, I mean, and thing. we did play them on a back to back where we had to travel, which was unusual, and that doesn't yeah. happen in the NHL a lot. I don't know if you can, can, you know, completely blame that, but it's like, you know, you played come a on. you played a tough game, and who knows when they left for Nashville, right? So, you played the tough game the night before, which was tougher than everybody expected. You got to get on a flight, fly to Nashville. Who knows when you land, when you get there. Yeah, you know, no, get it's your, a, it's so. a lot of toll. So, and Kemper ended up playing that game, and he gave up five. So, kind of a little rough patch for him. So, let's. I'm intrigued to see what Franco does, and if mm-hmm. Bednar is truly going to kind of make him the starter for this wave. And, but I mean, you got to give it to Kemper, man. We wouldn't be where we were at Without if it wasn't him, yeah. for him, because Franco was out for how long? You know, mm-hmm. we had the rookie come in and start one game, but two points from Obey Kubel, goal from Berkey. Two assists from Kadri, once again, staying hot. Mm. Goal for McKinnon. Uh, assists for Nuchushkin, mm-hmm. which was nice because he's back in the lineup. Two assists for Sam Gerrard. Three points for Kale. I mean, that dude is just absolutely rolling through the NHL. So, good things to see, good things to come. I believe that's it, right? It's a good little recap. And then uh, this week, 
McKinnon and McCarr. Oh, yeah. Announced to all-star teams. Yep. Oh, injury report real quick as well. This is kind of a... I was going to ask you about this. Yeah. It's, it's tough to talk about, man. So we got, first of all, with the not-so-terrible news, Darren Helm went out, and he only played four minutes against Seattle, and he wasn't previously listed on their injury report for that game. Yeah. So nobody really knows what happened. It's listed as a lower body, so could have been, you know, pulled something, Which cramped you know, up, and just kind of said, hey, let's just, yeah. you know, Let's whatever. just rest you. Rest it. But Bowen Byram, you just get him back off of a concussion where he was out for three-plus weeks. And he flies to Nashville yeah. with the team. Man, I, I need to stop saying Nashville. Nashville? Nashville. Yeah, now you're saying it because you're yeah, trying now to I'm correct Because I thought about it, yeah. yeah. I need to start saying Nashville. You know, it was, it was there on last week's episode for a damn reason. Yeah. So, but, so he flies out to Nashville and ends up pulling himself from the lineup because of lingering concussion symptoms. So, mm. Jesus lingering concussion symptoms i cannot talk today and this is his third since making his debut last year and did you hear it sounds like a guy who is pretty concerned because he texted his parents which you know 20 he's only 20 years old which i would too he's still young so he texted his parents and he was like i can't play like this and the way i'm feeling like yeah it's in the text i mean i can't probably be expressing the his emotion that he probably had in his text, which over texted is hard anyways. But that sounds like a guy who is pretty concerned. Like if you can't play a game where you're and he texts his parents after making the trip. Yeah. It sounds like a guy who's pretty concerned of his condition. Yeah. And what's going on. You know what? He's a great hockey player. I love having him on the team. Obviously everybody in the fan base does. Mm -hmm. He, you can, I mean, even call him the next Kale McCarr. You know, he's that good. But if he had to shut it down, I mean, you got to do what's best for your health, man. Mm-hmm. It's it's really concerning and it's really unfortunate because the kid's very talented. But so that's the injury report, and for right now, he is out until further notice. Bednar never gave a timeline on it, so he wants to get more doctor opinion and stuff, is what he said. Which is smart. Yeah, and and hopefully he does, and hopefully you know, I mean, who knows? It could be a shut it down for the year. Go back next year. And, Which I don't think and, would be a problem. Seeing the no, no. But, I mean, you want the kid to succeed and you want him to be healthy. So, I mean, yeah. Pretty pretty unfortunate. Unfort- God, man. This is pissing me off. <laughs> pretty unfortunate circumstances for the kid. So, man, we didn't put any dad puns in for the Avs recap. No, because I think we tapped into our dad just talking about. You know. Yeah, talking about Bo. Yeah, because it's, it, it's tough. No, it's, seeing it's what you, terrible. Well, then you see what these NFL players are going through, like, with the CTE from the head and the concussions and shout out to Antonio Brown and <laughs> it's just <laughs> no yeah but it's you don't want to see issue. a 20 year old going through this with his whole life ahead of him like is it really worth yeah and me being a sports fan you love seeing big contact no yeah you know? anybody does and you don't love seeing the head hits they are very scary I mean I witnessed Teddy Bridgewater get knocked out on the field in person and that was that was pretty eerie so that being said, I think until the NHL really does something serious about the high hits in the league, nothing's going to be done, and it's going to continue to happen, which isn't a good thing. So the NHL needs to kind of step in and A quick question, though. Like, what is there that they can do? Well— I mean, because, like, in the NFL, you could change from going high to going low. Well, in the NHL, you go before the Players' Association and, and leaders of the NHL and— you basically almost have like a court hearing and figure out and they figure out the severity of the hit and severity of your punishment. No. Yeah. Are you previous? Um, yeah. And as we've seen from Kadri and and, yeah, exactly. So what they can, I mean, they just got to change the rule. My thing is just where to hit though. Is it the same as the NFL? Just try to go ribs anywhere or yeah. And you don't in the NHL, you can be a lot more defenseless Mm -hmm. than you can in the NFL. So, it's it that's where it gets tough because it's kind of a judgment call but i think there is a little bit more that the nhl can do mm-hmm. as far as head hits i think you probably just make suspensions a little more not enforced but longer mm-hmm. i mean essentially i was looking for you know a better word but lack thereof and i think that's where 
you kind of make the impact on it as the NHL. So, yeah. Good recap. Moving on to our first segment of the week. You sacrificed for us. <laughs> you the real MVP. I love you, mama. <laughs> Such an iconic speech, huh? So many oh, memes yeah. came from that. So it's many. Great. It's great. So excuse the keyboard and mouse clicks. Something else the viewers will have to get listened to. <laughs> have to get listened to? Dude, have to get used to. This know. is bad. Yeah. This is real bad. But before we start the MVP, we just watch Miko score a nice little, oh, little yeah. dangle. It was nice. So, one nothing abs against the Coyotes. You want to kick this one off, sir? No, you should do it. Me? Yeah, I want to know what yours is first. I'm a little curious. You're curious? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I want to see if we have the same one or not. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess we do. You kind do? of su- surprisingly. Yeah. Is yours on the abs? No. Oh, then we don't. Okay. Yeah, right. that's why I, I was just trying to see. All right. Yeah. Kale McCarr. Okay. Good. I mean. Yeah, I did good last week. Yeah, and I almost wanted to put him for MVP last week, but I picked Nicola, so. But mm. this week, I mean, a total of three, four, five, six points in those three games that were last week that we just covered. So, mm. two a game on average. He's getting it done. Leading all NHL defensemen in goals. Pretty big. So, that's mine. Quick, easy, right to the chase. Oh, yeah. You? Oh, it is I a, know where, yeah, okay. It is I know a, where you're going with this. this yep, a, yep, 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 okay. I did I this know. during one of our test episodes. Yep. I think it was our very uh, first test episode. It surprised it you. Yeah, it was. It was right after the contracts. and This is a, this is a great MVP. I like this one. Uh, I like it. Man. George Payton. Had a boy. <sighs> Quick little, little clap, you know? Just making the hard decisions and faster than everybody thought. Not only that, but like you said, it was a hard decision, and he really could have brought Vic back, you know? I mean, it was very on the table, and he could have... So much of Denver Broncos media thought he was going to bring him back. There's a lot, yeah. And I mean, you couldn't really predict what was going to happen, so... Nobody knew. He really wasn't saying too much either. Nobody really knew his stance on it. He did come out and say that he felt like... Are you looking at the betting stats that's on the Avs game live? This is going to be a distraction. <laughs> uh, so, he did say, like, the reason he took the Denver job was, had some, some. see, now you're, you're starting to rub off on me. Thank God, I hope <laughs> you start fucking stuttering instead of me, I don't care. They started, or the reason he took the job. <laughs> now you're thinking this. about yeah, it, and it's, yeah, yeah. it's going to get bad here real yeah. quick. Oh, man. The reason he took the job was partial in because of Vic Fangio, he liked the. I don't think it was the coach he is, but the person he is. Yeah, but he said I took this job because of Vic Fangio, and he's a great coach. Which he's kind of blown smoke up everybody. And I asked. did tell you that I think it was just a cap. He, that he he, <laughs> t- he didn't take the job because of Vic Fangio. That he took the job because he knew he could probably fire Vic Fangio by the end of the year and bring in who he wanted. Yeah, and until we get new owners, he's the sole the sole guy. Joel oh, yeah. said it in his Makes sense. in his interview this week. I almost said it in his podcast. <laughs> he said it in his interview this week. You know, until we find new ownership and find more stability, GP's that guy. And another calling, thing, start calling him GP. Another oh, thing boy. for him is he a uh, GP. He didn't wait. He started requesting to interview with coaches first thing Monday. Yeah. Got that list up to like eleven co- like candidates real quick. You didn't think my GP was funny, Dick? I just didn't want to lose my train of thought. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he started calling people right away. So He's already interviewed interviewed whoa, yesterday. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. This, that's, no, I'm not giving names, but he's already yeah, you know, yeah, started the yeah, interview yeah. process with the coach. Interview today. Has an interview lined up tomorrow. Yeah. You know, he's, he's moving. On top of that, his draft class was rated the second best draft class in the NFL, in the NFL this year, so... Yeah, shout out to George Payton. Yeah, so. we we definitely have one that's going to be st- sticking around for I have, quite yeah, some time. Yeah, and I have, I I have a lot of confidence he's going to get this one right. Third time's a charm. So, and he's he's new eyes. He's fresh eyes. Yeah. So. And I think him being the assistant in Minnesota 
Minnesota was never a, a bottom tier team. They were always you know middle, middle of the, the pack, pack, average. But they can never seem to f- get over that get over hump. the hump. And I think now that he's in the GM position and he can call the shots for himself versus helping somebody out do it. I think I think he knows what it takes. So I have a I have a lot of faith in him. Yeah, that's a good one. Good MVP. I almost I kind of thought about that earlier. I was like, man, should I go with George Payton? But it was kind of I couldn't. I was like, nah. You after know. the the past weeks. For the teams that they had, I just just felt it was right. Yeah, for sure. Nobody really stood out to me. Yeah, that was a good one. I like it. Let's get into the upcoming. Watching the abs right now. Skating around Arizona, man. Mm-hmm. That hurt. He just took a <laughs> puck to the shin. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, so upcoming this week, assuming we record on Friday next week, and today is the 14th, so Friday would be the 21st. Avs got four games. Three of them are actually on the road, but it's not a road trip. You go to Arizona tomorrow, actually, for a back-to-back on the 15th. They are sitting at 8-23-3 out of playoff contention. Hopefully after this one, it's 8-24-3. And then you have three absolutely monster games against middle of the pack in the West who are all right behind you, and you know they got something to play for, so they should be some good games. You got Minnesota sitting at 21-10-2. Six in the West. Then you go to Anaheim. And Minnesota's on the 15th, by the way. So you have a day break between Arizona and them. And No, you don't go to Minnesota. I apologize. Minnesota's here. And then you go to Anaheim. on the 17th. Yeah. 15th tomorrow. Did I say the 15th? Yeah. Dumbass. (laughs) So 15th is tomorrow against Arizona. Okay, here we go. I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm done. You know what? I'm just... We just came back from a break, gonna, too. Yeah, and <laughs> I'm just going to set my headphones down. and I'm just going to walk out. I think you're going to carry the rest of the show. So the 17th, you go to Minnesota. They are 6 in the West, 21, 10, and 2. And then on the 19th, make sure I fucking say that right, you... No, you don't go to Minnesota. Oh, my God. You keep saying... <laughs> oh, my God. Do you want to lead this one? I'm, I'm over it. I'm done. I'll do the Nuggets one. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's not. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, I need nicotine. What's funny here is we just came back from break. So, <laughs> all right. So, you got Minnesota at home after going to Arizona, which is I think what you were trying to say. It was all right. And then on the nineteenth, you head to Anaheim. The twentieth, another back to back. Which is weird. They have so many back to backs here. Yeah, but it's a California back to back, so so it's close. It shouldn't I mean, be too straining. I don't know what the travel close, time from Anaheim to LA is, but yeah. And then you got the Kings, nineteen, thirteen, and five, seventh in the West. Anaheim is nineteen, thirteen, and seven, fifth in the West. So big games, very big games. I can see this being a tough little, little stretch, and it's gonna hurt me to say this, but I can see a good two and two. I'm I'm kind of over the overtime games. You know they they get you points and whatever. Yeah. And if you win, you get the the two. You get or the whatever. extra. Yeah. But I'm over them. You know. I know we're getting into the All Star break here soon, and we're gonna have a break with some fresh legs. But I'm over them. You know. No. I yeah. don't want. We don't need more injuries. We don't need guys to be too too gassed out. So just get in, get out. Yeah. And like we said, score. And mm-hmm. boy, who was that? Tyson Jost. Mm-hmm. It was. It's a third line guy. That's huge. Third line stepping up. Love. Like we predicted, I don't think this is going to be much of a game. So. Well, hey, and th- this is the as long as the lead sustains, this is the first game the Avs have played where they aren't trailing. So. Yeah, in a um, long time for sure. So, big games coming up, a lot of West action, and they're on the road. I'll go with my what I would like is three and one, but I could definitely see two and two. Minnesota always plays us pretty tough, and so does Anaheim, and so does Anaheim. <clears throat> I'm not really too sure about the Kings. The only reason they're really for Anaheim, not the Kings, sorry. The only reason that they're really fifth in the West is they've it's had the a points. lot of overtime yeah. games and it's the point standings. They're technically a game under five hundred if you add in those those overtime losses and the Kings are a game above if you add in those OT losses. So I mean they might surprise us, you know, go four and oh. But I would like to see three and one. I could realistically see two and two. What do you got? I'm with you on the three and one. I can see Minnesota being a tough game. Yeah, I think the losses come from Minnesota. Mm. Looking at it, it's, it's kind of hard. I'm not sure to go. Yeah. I'm not sure 
looking at the back-to-back, seeing how the Avs played on the back-to-back, but it is a short distance of travel, like you said. It's hard to say. I could see 3-1 and one with a loss to Minnesota, but I, I could also see 2-2 two and two with a Minnesota and an Anaheim loss because Anaheim's been playing you pretty tough all year. So are you kind of on the same page? You would like to see three and one. Like to see three and realistically, one. Realistically, it could be two and two. Could be two and two. Okay, sure. yeah. Especially with Gabe out. You know, oh, yeah. who it's knows big. when he's going to come back from COVID. So, yeah. All right, moving on to the good old Denver Nuggies. You're sitting at 2019, six in the West. You actually have a three game homestand, which will be good for me to announce because I won't mix up where they're going. They're staying yeah, at They're home. actually, <laughs> last night against Portland, which we didn't mention, was the start to a six game homestand. Oh, okay. So okay. they got three plus two more all at home. So There you go. Okay. Well, you have the Lakers that are sitting right behind you in seventh in the West, sitting at 21-21. and 21. And Then you play a really tough Utah team sitting at fourth in the West. On a back-to-back as well. On a back-to-back, yep. And then you have a two-day break, actually, and you play on the 19th after you play Utah on the 16th. So mm-hmm. a nice two-day break to get some fresh legs. L.A. comes here. 21 and 22 at eighth in the West. They'd be that number one seed in the playoff or in the, the round robin mm-hmm. tournament that the NBA is doing now. Hmm. Wow. It's a uh, looking at it. Yeah. You, you kick this. There's kick a, this off. there's a lot wrong in LA. Well, not the Clippers with the Lakers. They, uh, they're not playing good basketball. No. And which is crazy to say, cause they do have LeBron and then they, Acquired Russell Westbrook in the offseason. Everybody thought it was going to be like their extra push. They have Anthony Davis. Is he still hurt? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. So Anthony Davis is still out. They just don't seem to be clicking. I think with them missing um, Caruso, I think he was a bigger part of their team last year than the Lakers thought. Yeah, and they just let him walk. They didn't. Yeah, they just let him walk. And you see what he's doing in Chicago being that bench spark, you know, guy that he was in with the Lakers and I think that's what they're missing. So let me let me kind of cut you off real quick. We didn't cover in the recap. You mentioned Anthony Davis is out. Jokic is going to get a lot of playing time and I don't see it happening before mm-hmm. we play the Lakers. But there's a rumor that we're going to sign Boogie to Marcus Cousins to a 10-day. Yeah, so and that was so I I noticed that last week in my New Year's resolution, I said find a center. Yeah, I meant to say find a backup center. No, yeah, I think it's yeah. pretty understood. Yeah. I mean, but so that would you know if it does happen and we do sign him past the ten day, it, it hits my New Year's resolution. And I, I like Boogie. I mean, no, I, I like thought, Boogie too. I kind of thought Milwaukee was kind of dumb for letting him go. I mean, he was giving him over twenty minutes a night, and he was giving him production, mm-hmm. and. He's a bench guy, so he's not going to go give you 40 or 30 or no, yeah. even probably 25, 20 as a bench guy. But if you can get 15 and some solid defense with a little bit of facilitation in there, I don't mind it at all. And especially for the Nuggets in their case, it gives Joker Jokic, a break. Yeah. Which, it's just, which is what, which is what <laughs> he needs. See, you have a guy that's that big running around. It's going to take a toll right. later into the season come playoffs. You might not see it now, the fatigue showing in, but come playoff time, it's definitely something you want to try to do is limit his minutes. Even though he played all 82 last year. Um, you still yeah. want to give the guy you know, a break. There was also, that we didn't pick up in the recap as well, the Nuggets traded Bull Bull yep. to Detroit. Which we kind of predicted. And then, I think it was more you, but like we then, said, you're not... And I, we predict that in our practice episodes, by the way. You're not using him, so get something. For so him. they traded for they traded Bull Bull for a second, and I'm not sure the player's name off the top of my head. But then the trade gets rejected because Bull Bull doesn't pass a physical. So Bull Bull's back on the roster. The rumor was that they were trading Bull Bull for that player in the, the draft pick just to release the player they were trading for. For Boogie. So they could ha- give Boogie, instead of a 10-day contract, they would give him an actual contract to keep him on the roster. Oh, okay. I never... I I hadn't seen yeah, any of that. Yeah, so, so... I wonder what With Bobo coming back, it was, a, he, it was his foot. He had a surgery on his foot back in... When he was at Oregon. Okay. And I think what it was was Detroit was like, damn, we really overpaid for this guy. Like, he's probably going to come and just be a bench player anyways for yeah. us. And we just gave up a player and a 
second round pick. So I I would pretty mind big. Bobo being sent down to the G League and freeing up a spot for Boogie. Yeah, I mean, just or just releasing him in general. It's not a guy that you clearly don't want him on the roster. He clearly doesn't want to be here. Yeah, but I think you can get something for him. So if you can get something for him, I would. I mean. At least a pick. Yeah, I, got, I think you got Joker in the second round. You never know what you can get in the second. So yeah, so I I just I don't know if you could sign Boogie though, and you've seen how we signed Austin Rivers to that contract. And now he's you know you gave him a new contract at the beginning of the year. Do you really need to take a draft pick if you do sign a guy like Boogie Cousins to the team? I think. See, that's where it gets weird because this team's only going to get stronger I, with Jamal and. MPJ coming back. Yeah, so that's and that's the a, thing. that's the thing too. But I think the draft pick is necessary because last week we were talking about the avalanche depth and how that's why you roster. My God, that's how you want a roster constructed. Yeah. So I think if you can add more to the depth of this team, I mean Malone's playing the shit out of bones, you know. Well, and if you can get a good rookie that you're gonna play and just add more depth and add more depth and get these guys minutes when you have blowout wins like against Portland and get them the experience, I think you're setting yourself up for a really long time. So I I do think the draft pick is necessary. I do think it's crazy though because the draft, like if you go look at their they have Marcus Howard who's out. He should be returning here soon. He was questionable last night. It's a guard. P.J. Dozier, guard towards ACL. He'll be back next year. You still got MPJ out with the back. Jamal out with the back. and ACL. Or with the ACL. And then Vlatko Chanchar with his foot, which he'll be back come March. So that's five guys who are getting quality minutes who are your bottom of the barrel. Or not five guys that are the bottom, but the other three. P.J. Dozier, Marcus Howard, and Vlatko Chanchar. And Chanchar. Marcus Howard will probably go to a lower minute guy, which at the beginning of the year, he was one of your first guys off the bench. John Char was getting crazy minutes before he broke his foot. And P.J. Dozier was easily could have been your sixth man. Yeah, he was the minutes he was getting, whether it was a lot or not, they were quality minutes. Yeah, so okay, yeah. That, that's, well, that's my yeah, thing that's is the guys that are starting right now with Jamal and MPJ being out. And you could really say Bull Bull's probably the only waste of a roster spot. So yeah, yeah I, you okay, got, I, I you, see what you're saying. You still have uh, Zeke Naji playing quality mm-hmm. minutes now. Yeah. So I, I just don't know. I think the Nuggets are at a spot where I don't know if a draft pick can really help them. I think it's just trying to get your guys back in. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point you can make. All right. Yeah. I think getting a veteran center like. Versus, would be. versus a draft pick would yeah, be. because like we said Boogie can come give you quality time mm-hmm. so and he's been there and I th- believe he was in Sacramento when Malone was there so they know each other okay there you go and he's kind of a he's got some street to him you know no yeah it could be that enforcer he's got that type. attitude yeah. that way Jokic doesn't have to be the enforcer type and yeah and make people cry on Twitter and give him a getting technical for and, and suspended you know slapping yeah. people in the face like he yeah did and then he won't Phoenix. get called a 300 pound fat man yeah so. they call boogie <laughs> <laughs> alright cool yeah good little recap but in the upcoming <laughs> oh my god yeah this is bad it's just we yeah there was a lot more that happened in this week than we thought. Now yeah, that we're was, actually sure. getting flowing and Yeah. It's okay. We might just throw the outline out the window and just Just wing flow. It. Yeah. Right. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if the Nuggets go one and two, man. I don't know, they are at home. It's they are at home. If it was, if there was one mixed on the road or mainly if there's just some on the road, I could see one and two, but Okay. No, I'll switch mine. I, there's no reason you should lose to the Lakers. That's yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Unless LeBron has a crazy night and goes off for like something like 50 and whatever. Yeah. And, then, and I can, or he has a triple double and Westbrook gets a triple double, yeah. which I don't see happening, but God damn it. Arizona just scored. That was shorthanded too, man. <sighs> oh, well, two to one abs, two thirty left in the first. So I'm going to go two and one. And I think we lose to Utah but we beat both LA teams. That's my opinion. I was going to say the same thing. I think Utah, it's hard to say though. You play them tough, they play you tough. If Gobert is still out, even if Gobert's in, I th- I think the Nuggets 
give Utah a run for I think it'll be a good game to watch, for sure. Okay. Well, I would so like two to and see... 2-1, one, flip of the coin, 3-0. Oh, yeah? I think I'm going to go, I would like to see 2-1, and one, and I think it'll be 2-1. I don't... 3-0 is kind of a stretch, man. I can see 3-0. You're at home. Three straight games. After what you just did to Portland at home, you should have your feet under you. I can see 3-0. Okay. 2-1 and one is my prediction, but I could see 3-0. Makes sense. All right, cool. Good upcoming. Big stuff for yeah. both teams. So this is usually where we preview the Broncos, but obviously we're done. So I think we're going to actually do a little bonus episode, and Tony and I are going to take a deep dive into the head coach candidates. Not all of them, but we'll list off all the head coach candidates, and then I made a list of my top three. I think you outdid me and did five because, you know, you're always extra. But that's all right. (laughs) (laughs) So be on the lookout for that. We're actually going to record it here soon. So Broncos bonus episode dedicated to all head coach candidates. And we will give you our top three and five. Candidates. Candidates, yeah. So be on the lookout for that. Moving on to our next segment. It's going to be our prop bet for the weekend slash week. So while we're coming up with those, I'm going to give you a little Jeopardy music. All right, and we're back. Hopefully that music didn't bore you too much. Hopefully we don't get flagged for it either. (laughs) You took a little break. I went to the bathroom and I went on Facebook and I told you this was going to be my prop bet no matter what. But LaMelo Ball just had one of the craziest sequences I've ever seen from a second year player in the NBA. With the crossover, big time three, other end of the court gets the steal and then throws an alley-oop between the legs to Miles Bridges for the slam. I am going to, I don't know which game, but at some point... I would throw some money on a LaMelo Ball triple-double. That'd be my prop bet for the week. I like it. Yeah. He's a big sequence in their offense. You know, always has the ball in his hands. And you see him getting it done defensively, too. So it's crazy how smart he is for how young he is. No, I think it shows with... Everybody wants to knock LeVar, but... He really did it right. And yeah. it didn't show with... I mean, Lonzo's in the league. And then Jallo... G League. Had the G League, and he'd probably be in the league if he didn't, you know, fuck up and he was at UCLA and go through yeah, all that I, problem. I think the pulling him out of UCLA route was bad for him. But, but for he also had no choice. Worked. Yeah, he, yeah, true. True, true, true. He had no choice of, yeah. No, UCLA didn't want him. Yeah, go, but for LaMelo, going to the NBL over in Australia was probably the best decision he could make for his And then career. he played in Lithuania before that with Jello. Yeah, but and then did the so he he did that. Of, then did the IMG thing, and then did he play the, for IMG the, or was it the because he went to the JBA, whatever league Lavar did. He did no, he did Lithuania first, then went and played for some oh the high school the in, high school in Ohio yeah 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 and then went back to Australia, played right. in that league, killed it, and you you see it now he is he's always played up. With the older brothers, too. Right. You know, so you, you always seen that, that he had them probably the most talent out of the, the three brothers, for sure. Yeah, I'd agree. So, yeah, LaMelo Ball triple-double for me is my prop bet of the week. You? I'm going to lean towards the uh, the NFL playoffs. You got okay. quite the slate. Looking at this Las Vegas Raiders-Cincinnati uh, Bengals matchup, mm-hmm. the Raiders' defense isn't all that special. You just saw them kind of get torched by, you know, the Chargers. And I could see, if you want to take Jamar Chase, you want to take T. Higgins, you want to take Tyler Boyd, you even want to parlay it for the three, I could see it happening. Anytime touchdowns for either one of those. Um, Jamar Chase plus 100, Tyler Boyd plus 175, T. Higgins plus 130. Is that yeah, on I could FanDuel? see any of that. Yeah, that's all FanDuel. FanDuel is not a sponsor. Also, I would say, you know, going to the, you know, if you guys don't want to bet playoffs or on a non-Colorado team or a team that you don't like watching. I wouldn't mind you guys. Or I like 
I started catching on to this. Nuggets first half spread. Okay. They are leading or covering their spread going into halftime a majority of the time. You look at their last three, I'm pretty sure they've been leading at halftime by at least 10 points, maybe more. So, yeah, those are my two. You got that one pulled up? I do not have... Well, I looked for the Lakers Oh, just for any game. Any game. I looked for the Lakers. It wasn't out yet, the odds, but... Okay. No, I'm pretty sure. Cool. They covered last night. It was only like, I think, six and a half, and they went into halftime up. And that's typically a minus 110. Yeah, so minus 110 and... yeah. Just decent money. So, Cool. Once again, on this show, we are not professional gamblers. We do condone gambling if you would like. Any bet that we put out is just a suggestion, and it's not a guaranteed bet. You gamble at your own risk, and once again, we are not gambling professionals. Well, that was a good show, buddy. No, a yeah, lot of fun. really good. Kind of quick, but, I mean, hey, it is what it is. We also cut out, you know, be looking out for that, uh, Broncos off-season preview. Yeah, and we didn't do the I Have a Feeling segment this week because we were going to kind of cover the Bronco candidates, but that's going to be a whole bonus episode. So, Yeah, you'll hear our, maybe our feelings for that in yeah. a different way. So, Yeah. Well, there you go. That's what we got. And once again, I'm Damien. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dame underscore APD, my co-host. Tony Villalobos. Uh You can follow me on Instagram at TV3 underscore APD and at Twitter and on Twitter at, <laughs> you know, might as well end the show with a little you know, stutter. stutter at the end there. Um, follow me on Twitter at TV3 underscore 1122. You thanks can for also listening. Follow, yeah, thanks for listening. We appreciate it, especially if you made it this far. You can also follow the Twitch, twitch.tv slash all pro dads and you can follow us on spotify at all pro dads as well and i still am working getting the apple music one out but until then that's where you can follow us instagram as well instagram as well yes do we even know the instagram part all pro dads it is just all pro dads all the pro gr- dads logos not matching the, not the significant others the yeah. girlfriends made that one so <laughs> yeah so it's the same logo as the spotify yep just look for the yep. picture yep it's there So, yeah, thank you for listening. We hope you made it this far. We'll catch you guys next week. Avalanche making changes. Tavares has come out for Toronto. T.J. Brody tracking Rantanen. Devon Taves gets it back. Taves going to the net. Scores. Devon Taves game winner for the Avalanche.